Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the show where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that moves their supply chain. Except for today, we aren't doing any of that. Instead, we're going to start with the consumer. We're going to take a step back and we're going to look into what the consumer is looking at, what they're expecting from their retailers, how their changing habits are affecting the way that they uh, go to different retailers and, of course, their purchasing decisions as well. We had a wonderful article that came out from John uh, J.P. Hampstead uh, recently went over, and actually something we went over a couple of uh, episodes ago, on Walmart's earnings and the different types of shoppers they're seeing come to their stores. In particular, a lot of those with higher incomes are coming to Walmart. And those who are normal Walmart shoppers are, instead of buying, let's say, Ritz crackers, are buying the Walmart brand Ritz crackers instead. So there's been a huge shift. I think we all saw a huge shift in consumer purchasing behavior throughout COVID. And now that inflation has taken on this wonderful trend, I'm interested to see, of course, where consumers stand. So I've said to myself, well, where can I find a group of consumers? People I know that uh, have are, are clearly working, uh, bringing in income, but also might be changing their purchasing behaviors. And also that are just like really good content, funny to hang out with. Some people spend some time with. Well, that's right. I brought my two favorite experts here at Freight Waves, Thomas Watson and Mary O'Connell, to join me on this show as we dive into our own purchasing habits. This show, it's going to be a fun show. It's, it, it, I hope no one takes this seriously. Walmart, if you're taking this episode as the way to see how all consumers are behaving, uh, good luck to you. Uh, this should be a good insight, though, into maybe... Just general trends, as we, of course, have three, I'd say different, but also similar individuals here. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for having us, Grace. Excited to be on. Coming coming out of Chattanooga. Uh, it's exciting. Better than my kitchen kitchen table idea, which is not as cool. So classing it up <laughs> over here. It's a, it's, this is great. This is already off to a great start. I love this. <laughs> this is going exactly how I want to do. So, so how we're going to do today is we're going to go through a number of different consumer habits. So I'm going to ask them their opinions, maybe how they've changed throughout the pandemic, but also recently with inflation taking over all of pretty much every item. And then at the end of the show, we're going to play a nice game of guess that inflated price where I pull up grocery items, much like the prices, right? And we'll see... One, not only if you can guess the inflated price of today, but two, how much more you might even be willing to spend. Because that I have this fear that Thomas is just going to like throw some crazy numbers out there and Kroger might just start inflating their prices more. Uh, so again, do not take these answers uh, too seriously. <laughs> the first place, the first place we're going to start is online shopping. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Mary. Are you uh, online shopping as much as you did or had have done during the pandemic? Do you feel like you're that's your number one place to go, or is that falling off as a trend for you as a shopper? 
So I've always been an online shopper um, within reason. Like, don't get me wrong. I have definitely been like, this is not a real website, but I really want this shirt. So let's see what happens. And I've gotten burned. It's fine. Um, I would say that I'm still online shopping. Not as much. But that's also because, like, I don't need as much. Um, I think I actually have an order that just showed up right before we started this of um, some sundresses that I got because it's spring and I realized I have no clothes. So um, I see myself maybe doing some spring, summer online shopping still, but my online shopping habits are, uh, they're definitely tapered off after Christmas. Yeah, it's sundress season. Totally forgot. There we go. Time to pull that wardrobe out from the dusty side of the closet. <laughs> no more sweaters. Uh, it's funny too, we got some Midwesterners and I guess, well, I'm going to couch and you guys the South, uh, Thomas. So uh, for you, what's it like uh, on your end? Are you are you an online shopper? Were you an online shopper during the pandemic? And and how have your be- uh, behavior and habits changed over the last couple of years? Well, I used to do a lot. Pandemic-wise, I did a lot of online because you do like Costco orders for two-day delivery. Uh, it's hard to get toilet paper. Remember when it was the toilet paper and paper towel crunch when those hoarded? So uh, using that and shipping in like non-perishables, and then I'd go to Amazon for like books or other items like media, but definitely a lot less now because I just Instacart everything. I don't like dealing with people, so I'll just pay someone else a little <laughs> bit extra and uh, uh, let them do all the work. So I guess it's moved from like online shopping for ordering things to now I just pay somebody else to do my bidding and then hopefully they arrive and don't mess it up, which they do sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, you need a middleman to blame, basically. <laughs> you can't be the only person in the transaction. Uh, I like that. And it sounds, I've actually never used Instacart. So that's like one thing, and maybe I should try at some point. But if I'm getting like groceries and stuff like that, I'll probably, I'm, I'm more of a ship's girl, I'll, I will say. Uh, let's talk about how we're paying for our purchases. Uh, I recently, after years of being like, this can't be safer, no way, the inconvenient, it seems inconvenient, I've finally set up Apple Pay and moved a number of my cards over to my phone. Uh, contact, contactless payments. Uh, Thomas, let's start with you. Are you a fan or not of this and why or why not? 100% fan. I did Apple Pay and stuff started like before the pandemic, I'd synced some cards up. Then during the pandemic, I did a lot of contactless lists on my debit cards and credit cards all synced with the RFD. So that way, if you did go shopping in person with a mask, you could. But uh, even for most of my purchases, you know, if I'm ordering an Instacart, Uber Eats, or anything else, all you got to do is push two buttons, biometric, and then just got to send it. And so uh, I've done a whole lot of that. Uh, so speaking of types of payments, uh, we talk about the credit card crunch and stuff. I actually finally refinanced all of them, so got rid of the debt but getting killed by the interest rates. Thanks, J-Rome Powell. And I have to pay more a month for it. But uh, I felt that, I felt that was it 9,900 bucks a month is the average credit card debt carried by an American family. And I was like, I could see that, you know, buy a few extra rolls of toilet paper from Costco. I love that. <laughs> I love that you refinance your debt just to make sure the toilet paper payments are going through. <laughs> we play by startup so, rules. We uh, go by runways. She's got to keep recycling and pushing out that runway. <laughs> That's true. That is, it, you know, it is kind of funny. Yeah, this is the way that uh, like finance Twitter teaches you like how to use credit cards and how to like manage your debt. And now we're in this credit card crisis. It's like, I think we should 
there's anyone to blame, it's the finance bros of Twitter for getting us all to this position. Uh, Mary, for you, <laughs> contactless payments or not? <laughs> um, I like the idea of contactless payments. I have tried many times to set up Apple Pay, and I don't know if I just like don't understand what I'm doing, which is highly likely. Um, I can never get it to work. Like I try to get it to work when I like check out when do like the order on the Target app. I try to get it to work and it's just like, oh, it's not valid. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know what this is. Um, so I don't have contactless payment set up, but I do have the um, the the credit card with the chip that you can tap. And I do like that, except I never know where to tap. So this is a message to retailers everywhere. Please put like a little sticker on like the, the, the pay pad where I'm supposed to tap my card because otherwise I'm just tapping it around like looking for like I'm trying to like summon a demon. I just am trying to pay for things. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a credit card chip in the in the thing girl because I don't know wherever to tap, and it just stresses me out because I'm not going to ask the checker who's scanning my groceries at like a lightning speed. Where do I tap? It's like that with yeah, Apple Pay no. too. That's what's messed up. I was in the car wash and it had the little reader, the tap, and the regular one. So I start flailing my card around, and that's not working. So I pull out my phone, and I initiate Apple Pay, and then you just see an arm stuck out the window, and that didn't work. So I got really mad because then I had to pull out my actual debit card and put it in there. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, you have the readers. And so when it's set up, it's a first-world problem, and it doesn't work in Tennessee. I no, I will take this even a step farther that this conversation has now turned into it. A quite literal point of sale conversation. Uh, I, 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 so I set it up when I went to Florida because my credit cards uh, reader like demagnetized and it was giving me a hard time. So I said, okay, here we go. And I, I actually loved it. Like to be able to go into a store and not like bring my wallet was like super convenient, right? Uh, but I will say it is frustrating for like drive through purposes to like now that the Duncan girl like knows my passcode so that she can get it to work. <laughs> it's the security is slowly limiting itself on that. So uh, to all of you to Apple watching today, you just got three opinions on how you can improve yourself. So thank you so much. <laughs> Another area in uh, purchasing habits is to focus on health and wellness. <laughs> Thomas, I'm going to start with you. Uh, are you? Do you feel like you're a health conscious shopper, or could you care less? This is what happens. We I didn't have. I'm not famous enough to have a makeup group, so I saw this earlier. I could use some health conscious uh, something a uh, concealer. Well, I'm on the air because it looks like I have a giant like mosquito bite going on right here. The camera really does that extra inflammation apparently. But yeah, I'd say I'm like health and wellness by accident just because, uh, you know, that GMO non-vegan or GMO vegan and stuff. I just like things that smell nice. And so usually you get the best sense from the most hipster brands. So I, I ordered some on Amazon. I got a little boutique. Uh, I don't do the fancy soaps, but I, I would say the health and wellness aspect. I'll spend on that just because... If I get it in a large enough quantity, then I don't, you know, I'll pay more, but I get a little savings out of it. Yeah. No, I, uh, same. Uh, actually, you know, Mary, let's go with you. Let's say your opinion on this one. Uh, health or wellness. <laughs> it sounds like she's a huge health, health nut. Is Whole Foods your place to go? Yes or no? <laughs> um, 
So I just, I mean, my goal in life is to make enough money and be in a place where I can be that person that goes into Whole Foods and buys the prepackaged, pre-cut food. Um, however, I do not live uh, in that tax bracket. So I, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess like by default, I don't know. I just, when I go to the grocery store, like I buy a lot of vegetables and like, but I don't buy like the, the like, snacks that are like we're super home fiber and we're protein snacks like I don't I don't do that I have a gym membership and I just buy fruits and vegetables at the store but I still buy Oreos and like pints of ice cream so yes ish (laughs) I've become accidental vegan on that regards because I'm tired of milk expiring so I buy the almond and the oat milk because it lasts longer very practical. That's why I also switched. <laughs> that's why I also switched to uh, a non-dairy milk is because I can never. I feel bad wasting it. So I guess. I guess yeah. By accident, I have looked for some um, like dairy-free or whatever alternatives because they don't go bad as quickly. Um, because I hate wasting things. So uh, yeah, that's what I got. And also, I'm more likely to buy something that's made sustainably or that can be compost in my own like facilities compost things because just because it says compostable doesn't mean that the hand the facility that you use for composting can compost it i won't get on that bandwagon except for right there no uh, i i love that and to back up your whole milk theory i would say i i don't i would go on i did oat milk for a while and then i like to use milk in different recipes and stuff like that so that was like mac and cheese with an oaty flavor wasn't so great so i i <laughs> Switching to Fair Life, which is like uh, more filtered milk. And the same thing is because it lasts like double the amount of time than regular milk and it tastes the same. So uh, shout out to Fair Life for that one. And you actually hit my follow up question, Mary, which I will pass over to Thomas now. Sustainability. Does that matter? Does the packaging, all of that uh, green washing, the happiness, is, is that, are you into that, Thomas? Is that something? you consider when purchasing an item? I think it's nice. I wouldn't not buy something because of the packaging wasn't sustainable. Like if I want it, I'm just going to get it. I get a lot of Costco orders because I'm one of those that I'll spend like 200 bucks and then I'll forget, you know, it lasts me and my wife like weeks. So I'm one of those kind of folks. So I'll get the boxes from Costco because they don't give you bags. So I guess that's sustainable. You know, the person brings it in a used shipping box, uh, cardboard, and I just put it on the side, let the city deal with it. You go on the online portal and schedule it. But I mean, to me, it's it's all cardboard and corrugated. So if it comes from recycled sources, that's cool. But I'm never going to be in a situation where I would say no to a product because of the packaging, except for the ones that come in those stupid, like really hard to remove. If the packaging's hard to remove and made with a heavy plastic, <laughs> I will judge it. If I can't open it and I have to use my pocket knife and pry it open, that's the only packaging choices I really get mad about. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you, uh, very Ariana Grande of you say that if I want it, I'll just buy it. Uh, I love thinking that you're the Ariana Grande of your household. And uh, congrats to your wife for dealing with that. I'm very excited. I agree. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I agree with you on the packaging aspect. It's crazy. I mean, getting even more into retail, right? Sometimes uh, some of the stuff is just like, he, how is uh, how can someone even get into this thing without basically cutting their finger off? So uh, it's I, I prefer though if there is a way for me to buy a brand and the prices are close. 
I will go sustainability, the sustainability route, but I just those, especially now inflation and uh, trying to save for other things. It's like I'm not going to spend extra five bucks for soap that's not going to kill the, the whales or whatever. I guess uh, what great uh, people we are in this episode. Uh, this one in particular, I think is I immediately think of you, Thomas. Uh, have you? Continued cooking at home after COVID, is that something that you think that maybe you'll continue doing? Uh, do you feel like you're saving money in nowadays with inflation cooking at home? Or is eating out comparable? What are your thoughts in that area, Thomas? I, I'm very fiscally like irresponsible and bougie. So for me, cooking at home has been actually a very big time saver because, uh, you know, I go out to eat. I'm going to go to a nice restaurant. I'm going to drop like, I'm going to get some drinks. I'm going to drop like, 150 to 200 bucks and then like feel mad later on. But, you know, for, I, I do like grilling. So I do have a grill and stuff. And now that it's springtime, I will cook out more because I can access my smoker without freezing myself to death in Tennessee. So I think cooking at home more because you can tell, like I spend two, I could spend probably a hundred dollars worth of Costco groceries, which is like six pounds of chicken, asparagus, mushrooms, you know, starches, potatoes. And that'll last me five six days versus I spend a hundred dollars without any alcohol at a restaurant and I only get like <laughs> one day. So it's definitely been a savings for me. I've had to be responsible and cook at home more. So begrudgingly, yes. Yeah. I honestly can't even find a restaurant these days that is like, I, th I think it was like Chick-fil-A. I was looking at their menu the other day and I'm like, this is going to cost me $30 like for just a chicken sandwich. So I'm definitely at home more. How about you, Mary? I, I mean, I've always been a big cook at home person. Um, it started in college mostly out of necessity because, you know, when you're in college, you don't have money. Um, so you can't really go out to eat. But uh, I started in college and it's really just kind of taken off because we got in a bad habit of eating out for a while, especially during the pandemic. We had a um, our restaurant community here in St. Louis was insane and wonderful and everyone was doing to-go orders. You could get drinks to go. So we definitely single-handedly stimulated the economy um, during the pandemic when it came to eating out, but uh, we're getting to-go orders. Um, but now I just, I have a hard time because I love getting delivery food and I love not having to cook. But when it's going to cost me like $70 for two pad ties to come to my house because with the extra fees and a tip, because I'm not going to be one of those monsters that doesn't tip my delivery person, um, between that and like the extra fees for the delivery services, like, and then like the markup on some of the meals, you're like, I'm, I'm down 70 bucks just to not have to get off my couch. And so I've actually, um, when I'll make a bunch of food, I'll make like a little bit leftover. So we have some stuff to eat for the week. But like Thomas said, I can go to Aldi and get a week and a half worth of groceries for 80 to $90 for two people. And um, we'll have food for a week and a half. And I, cause I really want to start um, treating like going out as like a nice thing to do, not just like we happen to end up at Applebee's because it's close and there's an empty parking lot and we're hungry. I wanted to go yeah. to like the actual places we want to go to, not just, you know, because it's there. Yeah, uh, completely agree with you on that one. It's uh, it, it's just so crazy. I, I don't hidden think fees. I'd eat out. Yeah, the hidden fees, man. It's a dollar here, a dollar there, and it adds up quickly. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've eaten out in weeks at this point, to be honest with you, because it's just so, it's so much easier to just cook at home and 
Uh, if anything, I'm working on, as Danny said in the office, learning to cook for one. That's my problem. And I know you two aren't experiencing that, but boy, uh, yeah, oh, like I have talked done many, I have done many, many of cooking for ones. And I learned that lesson of you go to find a recipe and suddenly you're eating spaghetti for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day for a week. So um, if you find out the way to do that, Grace, let me know. <laughs> Small portion. It was smaller portions than you think. That's the key. All right. And speaking of groceries, uh, it's time for us to play a wonderful game of guess that inflated price. Now, for our, uh, for our, I guess I was to say audience, but uh, audience and uh, members of the team here, uh, this is all Kroger prices. So we're, I figure Kroger's all over the place. I, we'll go with this one. Uh, so keep that in mind as well. But our first item we're going to start with is Kroger eggs. We can bring up that image really quick for us. Now, this is an 18 count egg uh, box, etc. They're grade A large white eggs. How much do you think this costs? Let's go Thomas first. $7.50. I knew, I knew this started up. I knew it. Uh, love it. Love it, Thomas. <laughs> Keep that number down. Uh, Mary, how about you? Uh, 18 count eggs. Um... <laughs> I'm going to assume that we're doing Midwest pricing because eggs can be different prices across the country. Yeah. I'm going to assume that we're doing a hearty Midwestern price. And I'm going to say for store brand eggs, I'm not super familiar with Kroger. We don't have one, but I'm equating it to like a mid, I've been to one. Um, yeah. I'm going to say like 189 to 215. Mary is closer. It is three ninety nine for eighteen eggs. So I just Dang. like I thought Christy just blew that out of the water. But uh, here's a good question. We know Thomas is seven fifty. Mary, how much would you be willing to pay for it? <laughs> um, if it's just this normal store brand one, three dollars gets it's quite a lot but i mean at the same time like i would have to look and see what the other ones are like if the brown eggs are also going to be four dollars and i'll just buy the brown eggs um i just i really wouldn't go much over 350 we're not a big egg household so thankfully i've been pretty spared by the egg increase but yeah i wouldn't say much above 350 yeah and this is 18 so it's a little bit more than 12 which is pretty nice as well uh let's go to the kroger private brand salted butter uh, Thomas, start with you again, bud. How much do you think this costs? This is four sticks inside salted Kroger butter as well. Four ninety nine. Like it, Mary? I'm gonna say he's pretty close as an avid butter person. Although I do buy unsalted because I like to control. I like to know how salty it's gonna be. Um, the uh, I'm gonna say probably Thomas. You said four fifty. Four ninety nine. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say four fifty. Oh, Mary, you are one penny off. $4.49. forty nine cents. Oh. I love it. Let's go. You're the next <laughs> contestant on the prices riding. Now I feel I'm like I should this. also uh, I was yeah. gonna say I feel like I'm also kind of cheating because I am the one who primarily does the grocery shopping in my house. Yeah. So I am very aware of some of the prices. It's the Instacart prices. They're inflating them and making me think it's more expensive. I, that's, I, that's, that's my theory right there. <laughs> Well, let's bring up, we're going to stick with butter really quick, but let's bring up Lando Lake's salted butter sticks. Now, I will say on this website, it is on sale, but we're going to go with the regular price on this one. How much do you think it costs to get the good old Lando Lake's uh, swass ear? I'm going to say 525 Oh, 525 No, you're good. Thomas, what do you 
Larger and makes me think 369. So, Thomas, you're close to the sale price, which is an awesome sale, by the way. I'm not, I might need to add that to my card. It is 579 normal price. Wow. So, kind of shows you where private brands right now are really winning because someone's going to look at those two and say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and grab the Kroger one. Uh, because for this also last one here, oh, oh yeah, go for it. I was going to say, also, no. it's butter on the label, not margarine, Thomas. Oh, so I always associated land. You know how, like, better, better than What's not that? butter, better believe it's not butter. I always get it mixed up. Yep. And so, uh, if that's real butter, okay, I, I was, I done goofed. This last one is interesting <laughs> because I wanted them the other day and I got upset and how much they cost. So I didn't buy them. So I was like, how does this exist? Bring up fudgesicles for me, guys, if you can in the back room. Good old fudgesicles. And honestly, the no sugar added pisses me off as well, but we'll deal with it. Uh, Thomas, how do you think, how much do you think fudgesicles cost these days? $8.99. Cool. Uh, Mary? I'm going to say he's pretty close. I'll come in at $7.75. Well, you guys are willing to pay a lot of money for some fudgesicles. These are $5.99. A little high, but not too far off. But still, it's a crazy, $5.99 for fudgesicles? It was almost eight dollars for drumsticks the other day, and I was like, "Y'all out your minds, <laughs> out your minds." The economy's in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the choco well, taco. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I have about one minute here for both of you. Uh, tell the audience where they can go and become a part of your communities and reach out to get your content as well. Let's do Mary first. Uh, you can go to FreightWaves.com slash checkhaul for the Freight Broker and 3PL podcast community. And then you can go to FreightWaves.com slash Riding on Ice for your cold chain information. And then also you can find me on LinkedIn, Mario O'Connell. There you go. Love it. Thomas? FreightWaves.com <laughs> slash Loaded and Rolling. We do trucking stuff. We also do the podcast Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. I love all that trucking stuff. And for everyone out there, yeah, make sure that you head to FreightWaves.com, click on Newsletters. Click out Point of Sale, become a part of our community as well. And of course, check out the radio show every night, 5 to 7 p.m. on the Road Dog Trucking Channel, channel 146 on Sirius XM. Other than that, everyone, thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Hopefully, you got a laugh out of this. And I will see you all in a couple of weeks.